Fake Dating, Grumpy Mountain Men, and Taylor Swift. It's the smutty book, Redu. It was at the end of October, a few days before Halloween, before the first snow of winter, a snow that would be early but fleeting, just snowy enough to make trick-or-treating a freezing cold affair, but not snowy enough to last the night, when I realised that I had no chance of reaching the year's reading target. I'd set myself a goal of reading 100 books by the end of the year, but with just two months to go I was only at 31, a number that seemed pitiful by any measure. It was at that very moment that I began my journey into the smutty romance genre, a journey that would take me from Lucy Score and Liz Tom Ford through to Abby Jimenez and Catherine Walsh, Alina Jacobs and Morgan Elizabeth, with breaks to read Family Lore by Elizabeth Achevedo, Fourth Wing and Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaros, and Let's Explore Diabetes with Owls by David Sedaris. I read about feuding mafia families, small town romances, grumpy men who live in the mountains. They always live in the mountains, those grumpy bearded men who have never seen the inside of a gym but are pure muscle anyway. Sexy, horny ice hockey players. Why? I do not know. BDSM, almost incest. They're just step-siblings so it doesn't count. And fake dating. And finished incredibly but also inevitably with an incredibly steamy Taylor Swift fan fiction in which each chapter was titled after one of her songs. It feels a bit like in 2023 and 2024 too, so far anyway, all roads lead back to Taylor, whether those roads are paved with footballs or with smutty small town romances. I've long thought that books, films, music, theatre, musical theatre, the list goes on, should be reviewed only by their target audiences. That is to say, the 60-something Bob Dylan fan who's been working at that once indie music magazine is not exactly Taylor Swift's target demographic. Not to bring her into it again much as the highly esteemed literary critic of, say, the Financial Times, is not exactly who Lucy Score has in mind when she writes her best-selling books. And when I say best-selling, by the way, I mean incredibly, majorly, top-of-her-game style best-selling, the first of her knockabout series, Things We Never Got Over, has 168,000 ratings on Amazon. So when I read these books, I don't rate them by the same metric as I would rate, say, Prophet Song or The Colour Purple or even Fourth Wing, although I suspect the Venn diagram of smut fans and fourth wing fans is almost a perfect circle. I rate them in terms of how much I enjoyed them, how late I stayed up to read them. The record for last year, by the way, is held by Emily Henry's Happy Place, which kept me up past 3am, something I will never forgive her for. How satisfied I was by the ending and also uh, the endings throughout, if you get my drift. How quickly I rushed to download the next in the series or to continue reading through that particular author's back catalogue. And listen, smutty romance books are tropey as fuck. There are grumpy mountain men aplenty, 20-something virgins everywhere you look, washboard abs to beat the band, and frustrated men whose genes are, quite frankly, too tight to accommodate their enormous penises. There is a beginning, couple meets, has incredible sexual chemistry, do the deed, fall in love, sometimes with both parties being entirely in denial about this simple fact. There's always, always a reason they cannot be together and then miraculously, they managed to figure it all out and be together anyway. Most of the books I've read have featured heterosexual romance. I did read one male-on-male romance that I liked but didn't love. I'm here for titillation after all, otherwise I'd be reading through all the worthy tomes I have on my bookshelves. And the vast majority of them have focused on monogamous, pretty vanilla intercourse. We're not reinventing the sexual wheel here. Some have featured supernatural powers in fictional realities. Jay Bree's Bonds That Tie series springs to mind. And another has featured Dragon Sex, Fourth Wing. Not really a smutty book by definition, but contains just enough smut for it to slide right in there, if you'll excuse the pun. Lots have featured rekindled love affairs, enemies who become lovers, fake dating scenarios that, surprise, surprise, turn into 
whispers something more. I can't give you a review of each and every one, although if this is something you'd be interested in, let me know and I can do a monthly digest, but I can pick out a few that have stuck with me for whatever reason. If you're interested in my rudimentary star ratings, spoiler alert, anything I love gets four stars because five stars seems ridiculous. Who deserves that? Shakespeare? And then three stars is kind of meh, while two stars is bad because I feel too guilty giving any writer one star, although I have the odd one star in there for something truly, deeply terrible. You can check out my Goodreads profile here. But otherwise, Lucy scores knock em out series. I really liked these books, based in a small American town where all of the action happens in the diner, and somehow there are dozens of sexy, single, bearded men, some grumpy, just living their lives, ripe for the taking. If I recall correctly, the smut was pretty good, but it was reading these where I began wondering just what was wrong with me that I can't orgasm on demand six times in a row. Quote, come for me, baby, end quote, is one of my least favourite smutty book catchphrases. I also really enjoyed Rock Bottom Girl by the same Lucy score about a woman who ends up back in the town she grew up in, feeling like a total loser until she meets the school bad boy who's grown up to be the super hot, bear with me, PE teacher. Just suspend your disbelief, please. Liz Tom Ford's Windy City series. Okay, now these books were sexy. Here's where my interest in ice hockey began and ended, probably, with this trio of interlinked stories featuring incredibly fit and virile young athletes who are loyal to their women and each other and seem to be very good at expressing their feelings, grooming themselves and looking after those women, despite working out and travelling all the time, two of the world's most exhausting things. I guess none of this has to make sense. Jay Bree's The Bond That Ties series. So this series will not be for everyone in that it's kind of a smut fantasy crossover. But if you're someone who liked Game of Thrones and wished it had more sexy sex and less rapey sex, then this might do it for you. It features gifted people, as in the ability to beam up and down a la Scotty in Star Trek or the ability to shoot fire from their hands, and polyamorous relationships and also evil people determined to use people's gifts for nefarious purposes. But don't worry, they all have time to have loads of sex anyway. The Plight Before Christmas by Kate Stewart. Towards the end of December, I found myself diving into a lot of festive smut, which I hadn't ever really thought of as a genre I'd be interested in, but I do love Christmas, so maybe I shouldn't be surprised. This book, about a woman who's hit rock bottom, trope alert, stranded, trope, with her family at Christmas, who discovers that her brother is besties with her ex, trope, and has invited him along, trope, is not exactly a brain tangler. But it is fun and funny and kind of sweet, I guess, ish, I don't know. Maybe the mince pies have tangled my brain. Resisting the Grump by Ashley Munoz. So, I'm kind of ashamed of myself for this one because the mountain-dwelling grump is such an overdone trope and also misleading because I live in America now and let me tell you, anyone I've met who lives in any way off the beaten track has been a conspiracy theorist with a very unsexy, rude way of talking and several Trump stickers on his car. Do not be fooled by this book, these books, folks. This is not real life. Anyway, I liked this one because it featured a girl who, in her teenage years, had been honestly a psychotic stalker when it came to the guy she fancied, and I think that's beautiful and very relatable, actually. Snowed In by Catherine Walsh. I've left, the be- I've left the best to last, the only smutty romance I gave five stars to. And do you want to know why? Because it was sexy, but also hilarious, and it was so Irish it actually hurt me to read it. I miss Irish people so much. The mom had a good dishcloth. You just don't get that in America. Plus... It's got fake dating and stranded together trying to resist all that sexual attraction going for it, which is a potent and effective combo. Highly recommend. I would be very appreciative if you could share any and all of your smutty book recommendations with me. I had kind of told myself I'd get back to reading literature in the new year, but 
Why would I do that when reading smutty romance is so very enjoyable? Why would anyone? Madness.